Um, well, I'm excited to be here today, and I want to start by putting all of us kind of on a, on a, on a similar footing this morning. Uh, for those of us specifically who are parents or who, uh, who have had kids, whether they're like they've left the home, it doesn't really matter. And I want to put it in the context uh, of vacation. Like every single one of us who have kids, we, we remember the moment where your vacation stopped being for you and became all about your children, right? Can I get an amen on that one, right? There was that moment that you went, huh, vacations are no longer for me, right? Because in the context of vacation, I don't know about you, I look at vacation as a few things I expect. So my expectations of vacation going in, number one, was that I would get to sleep in late, right? And now I'll never forget those mornings when Anna, Catherine, and Sarah, we'd hear the pitter-patter of feet on the tile floor in Florida, right? And the beach were like, uh, and they would come in and they had to be dressed in their bathing suits with their water wings already on, like, let's go to the pool, right? And we're like, it's 6 a.m., right? I'm still sleeping. Get out of my room, right? Or the expectation, right? That you're at the, you're at the beach and, and at the beach, you know, it's like, the seafood's always better at the beach, and so you have your favorite seafood restaurant at the beach. And so you go to the seafood restaurant, and you remember that, that time you looked at the menu and you realized there were no chicken fingers on it? And you were all of a sudden anticipating, expecting there to be a meltdown, and they're like, I've got to leave, and it's like, duh, right? Or like for me, I, I think about the beach, and I go to the beach with my chair, I go with my umbrella, I go with my book, I go with whatever, right? We go down there, and I'm expecting just to sit and enjoy, and, and my kids are like, let's build a sandcastle, let's play in the ocean, let's go to the pool, I'm hungry, i got to go to the bath. Like all these things, right? And so we recognize the expectations that we had coming in to vacations were just immediately shot in the moment. And the idea for us this morning is that we want to look, we want to look at the danger of unchecked expectations and how they can affect relationships. Like we want to look at the danger of of unchecked, unfiltered expectations and how they can affect relationships, but honestly, specifically, our relationship with God. The idea of how our expectations can literally affect our relationships and specifically our relationship with Jesus. So expectation speaks to something that we're looking forward to in the future in which we have exact plans for what it should look like. Right. Expectations are I look to the future and the this is my list. These are the things in my box that I'm looking to. Right. If this is going to be successful, this is going to go the way that I want it to. Here are the things that are going to happen. And so we have those in vacation. You go when you think vacation, you have a list of expectations that if those boxes are checked, if those expectations actually occur, then it will be an effective Vacation. But if we're honest, we also recognize that we put expectations in the context of a good chunk of our lives, in the context of relationships that we're in with our spouse. There's expectations. In the context of relationship with our children, we have expectations of them. In the context of your parents, we have expectations. In the context of our lives, We have expectations all the time, the relationships that we're in. And if we're honest, our expectations, again, if unfiltered, unchecked, they can be dangerous to the context and the effectiveness of our relationships. Think about it. What causes you 
to get frustrated or angry in relationships. Now, we could argue this point to a degree, but I would say almost always in your relationship, your frustration, your anxiety, your worry is because of unmet expectations. Because of unmet expectations, you, ex- you expect your spouse to be home on time. He or she isn't. And what happens? You get frustrated. You expect everyone to obey the traffic laws. They don't. And you get frustrated. You expect your husband, ladies, to, to, to get a nice birthday or anniversary gift. You've been dropping hints for months now. He doesn't. And what happens? You get frustrated, right? You expect your boss to notice your hard work. He or she doesn't. And what happens? You get frustrated. Our unmet expectations are primarily the birthplace of most of the tension and frustrations, right? This unmet expectations, they give birth to our frustration, anxiety, or anger in the context of relationships that we're in. And the danger of expectation is many times they actually blind us from what's going on in the moment. Think about this. So I'm going to use this a really cheesy analogy. Let's say you're going whale watching. Right? You're going whale watching. You're really excited. You got the patch going on in case you get seasick, just to make sure, right? And you go out on your boat, and the, the person says, hey, Expect to see the whales on the right side of the boat. So where do you look? The right side, right? And so you're doing this. You have an expectation that the whales are going to be jumping over here. But then also everyone's looking this direction. Well, what happens if fish being fish, whales being whales, are like, Let's just go to the left side, right? And so they come over here on the left side, and they start jumping. But you're so dead set on the expectation that you have that you can hear stuff over here. But you're, but no, but the dolphins, excuse me, the whales are here. This is what I was told to expect. This is what I'm anticipating. This is where it's going on. This is what's happening. And what happens? You completely miss, because of your unmet expectations, the whales that are actually jumping over here. And so all I'm getting at in the context of our lives is that in the context of relationships, in the context of the things we're doing with God or with others, so often we put, blind, we put these like blinders up of what we're believing and expecting in a moment. And when we do this, what can't we see? Everything on both sides. That's where it becomes damaging in the context of our relationships and the things that we're doing in life. In Acts chapter 11, it's the continuation of the story of Peter and Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, right? Remember, we, t- we looked at that for a couple of weeks, that Peter falls asleep in the middle of the day. What's he doing? Is I'm unproductive, what am I saying, right? No, but Peter's like doing his thing. He falls asleep. God gives him a vision of a sheet coming down with animals on it. He says, rise up and kill. He's like, I'm going eat. I've never done that. I'm a good Jew. And then all of a sudden, there's this guy who's going to come. And so Cornelius, he goes to Cornelius' house. He's a Gentile. Peter starts preaching, the Holy Spirit comes, and it's a great moment. Yay, right? It's a great moment. So Peter's just had this moment with Cornelius, and Acts chapter 11 then takes everything to the next level as he was forced now to come back and defend his actions 
before all the church leaders. Peter and all, listen, diving in, Peter and all of the church, they had an expectation. They had an expectation. They had a checked box of things that they expected in regards to Gentiles that they could not be a part of the church and were incapable of receiving the Holy Spirit unless they converted to Judaism and upheld all laws. They had this expectation of what salvation meant. They had an expectation of what it looked like. And Jesus comes in the moment and blows it up. And leads to Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, it says this. God's expectation. The apostles and the believers thought through, excuse me, the apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and you ate with them. Starting with from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story that we just summarized. And in verse 18, it says, When they heard this, they had no further objections. And praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. You see, the disciples and the church had a very strong theological conviction of what was true in regards to salvation. They had very strict and conservative views on salvation. In fact, it's what all Jews held. In fact, it was a teaching, honestly. Of Judaism, but in this moment, we have to love that God looked past their expectations. Because if not, then we wouldn't be here today. We represent Gentiles, those who were non Jews, and in the moment, God looked past the box. He looked past their narrow mindedness because they hadn't actually fully read all the Old Testament and recognized there were place after place after place where God had talked about bringing the Gentiles in, but they had this up, these expectations. And thankfully in the moment, Peter put his blinders and said, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to listen. So with this in mind, here are a few ideas to consider when it comes to expectations in our lives. Number one, expectations require evaluation. Expectations require evaluation. So how do we know we have expectations? Hear this. How do we know we have expectations? When they don't happen, we freak out. Right? It's real simple. We get frustrated. We get anxious. We get worried. We get mad. We get frustrated. We don't want to say we're mad. We'll just say we're frustrated, right? It's all part of the same family there. Like, you know what I'm getting at. We have those moments. How do we know we have expectations? When they don't happen, we freak out in our, listen, in our lives. Hear this. We have to be honest all the time. All the time, every day, about what we expect in relationships, and especially our relationship with God. We have to make sure that we are letting God do what he wants, rather than what we think God should do, or what we want God to do for us. We have to be evaluating, God, am I creating a box of things? Am I going to speak first 
Because the first person who speaks, right, they usually get their way in conversation. We've learned that. So let me go first to God and tell him what I want. We create the expectation for him of what we want him to do for us. We have to always be evaluating. Always be evaluating. In the moment, am I letting God speak? Are my expectations, are they Hurtful? Are they damaging for my relationship with God or honestly in the relationship that I'm in with my friends or my family? I have to always be evaluating. In Acts 11, after hearing the story of Peter, they all had to reevaluate their expectations regarding Gentiles. That's a big deal. They had to completely reevaluate and shift their expectation. Listen, they actually had to shift their entire belief structure regarding Gentiles and salvation and the movement of God's Spirit. They had to change their view, see things differently, a different perspective. They had to take off their blinders and see this vast movement of God's Spirit that they had to submit themselves to. The reason is simple. In our lives with expectations, we have to always be evaluating. Because when I have expectations of God, when I have expectations of the work of Jesus and they don't happen, I latch on to those things. I can get fixated on the way that God has fallen short and I hold it against him. And in that moment, I stop trusting. I place blame on God for not meeting my expectations. And we do it in our relationships, too, don't we? Not just relationship with God. Someone fails me. I latch on to that in the context of my relationship with them. I put a put my guard up. I put up a wall. I stop trusting. And now they're like, what's wrong in our relationship? And it's because I've had these unmet expectations of them in my life. And it causes me to do this. Now, sometimes our counselor friends will tell you, and it's, just, it's, it's, it's true, if someone hurts, it's healthy to put up boundaries because they will continue to hurt. But I'm talking about those unspoken expectations you have of people or of God that they just don't know about and they didn't meet, so you did this. When we put up those walls, it's unhealthy. It obviously damages my relationship with God. And it's all because I haven't changed my perspective and my viewpoint. I've got to let God, I've got to evaluate saying, almost in a sense, God, are, are, my, are my expectations fair, is one word, or a better word, are my expectations your expectations? Which leads us to the second part. Expectation requires communication. Expectations require communication. Hear this. This is like a relationship piece for me that's been huge. Any unspoken expectation in a relationship is an unfair expectation. Like you need to hear that. For those of you who are in relationship with anybody in the world... Okay, that's all of us. Any unspoken expectation in a relationship is an unfair expectation. Let me put it this way. Sweet Aunt Becky right here in the front row. All right. If I'm sitting here thinking Aunt Becky every single Sunday, like I'm in my mind, like she brings gum every single Sunday. She sits here and chews on the front row. All right. 
I'll watch her while I'm preaching. She's like, mm, 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 like this, right? She's doing her thing. Do her gum thing. And I'm like, well, she didn't offer me gum. She's got them every Sunday. Why don't I? She's not asking me for it. That's kind of rude of her. And she's like just chewing away, thinking, he doesn't want gum. If he wanted gum, he would let me know, right? That's not fair, right? And you're like, that's stupid, Steve. But, but don't we do that all the time? We have these expectations on people like that that we never share. Listen, I, this is a true story. This is, you think I'm exaggerating. This is an absolute true story. I'm driving down Stylesboro Road one day, right? And in my mind, like I'm, I, this person pops into my head. And I'm like, I should call this person. They're not in the room, okay? I'm, I should call this person. I haven't, we haven't talked in a while. I don't know. I just feel like I need to call and see how they're doing. Right? I get those every now and then. So I call up the guy and we start talking and, and you can tell he's being cold. Like there's this distance. And I'm like, this is awkward, right? So we talk and like, I'm trying to get in. I'm trying to crack a joke. I'm pretty funny, right? And I'm like cracking some jokes and, and, and see so you're laughing. There you go. So I'm kind of funny. Not real funny. Kind of funny, right? And so I got this whole thing going. And so finally to a point, I just said, Hey, can I be honest with you? You, it sound, it just feels like you're frustrated. I feel like this distance between us. Like, what's going on? I, like, I, that's exactly what I said. This, this is weird, man. What's going on? He's like, well, I, yeah, I'm frustrated with you. This is what he said. I said, I said, why? I said, well, because we're not best friends, and you did not invite me to your house or even on vacation with you. And I started laughing. <laughs> right? And I said, well, I thought we were friends. And to be honest with you, I don't invite anybody on vacation because I rarely go. And if I go, I just want to hang out with my family. So, and I said back, I said, man, I said, to be honest with you, that's a really unfair expectation of me. You can't expect me. One, I never signed up for that expectation, number one. I never communicated to you that that's a fair expectation. And yes, I'm never going to meet it because you never even told me. If you were honest... You've done that this week to somebody. This week, you did that. I'm not getting on to you. We all did it. We all live in this place of unspoken expectations. My, listen, my spouse did not meet a need that I expected them to meet, and they're barely surviving themselves. I put something on them, and I'm mad. They're like, why are you mad? Nothing. <laughs> like, when I do, listen, we do marriage counseling. I tell the stories. So if I've done marriage counseling, I like do pre-marriage counseling. This is one of our stories. I, you know, <laughs> this, this is a true story. The first time, so Randall and I, this is like, this is this funny thing, these expectations. Randall and I went to Subway one day. I've told the story before. Forgive me if you've ever heard it. We go to Subway one day. We had been dating for a very short period of time, right? And, and so we go to Subway, and... And, no, no, we were, excuse me, we were engaged. She wouldn't have said this if we were just dating, right? No, we were engaged at this point to be married, right? And so we're, we're in Omaha, Nebraska. We go to Subway. She goes through the line. She gets a six-inch veggie with water. Costs like $1.99. It sounded terrible, right? And so I go through, and I get 12-inch value meal, and I upsize to a larger Coke because I wanted one. I sit down, and she's like, <sighs> Right? And I'm like, I was like, what? She's like, I, nothing. I'm like, what is it? I can't believe you got a value meal. I said, you mean like I always do? 
right? She's like, this just costs so much. We, so we started this whole, this whole dialogue, and basically I realized if she had this unspoken expectation in her family, you always have the cheapest thing on the menu, and I didn't know about it. I looked at her and said, that's not fair. In my family, I always bought the value meal. I'm going to keep on buying one, right? You see what I'm getting at, right? It's these unspoken expectations. They become unmet. They create tension. Why? Because you haven't communicated. We haven't communicated. I must, listen, in our relationship with God, I have to be honest with my desires and my expectations. I have to communicate these. We call this prayer, right? However, we have to always remember, hear this, communication is not a one-way street. It is a two-way street. And so if I come before the Lord and I beat him to the punch and I name my checkbox of expectations of what he's supposed to do for me and then doesn't do it, I have to go, well, did I listen to see what his expectations were? That's the nature of relationships. So what is God thinking about your spouse? What is God thinking about your children? What is God thinking about your boss? What is God thinking about his own relationship with you, with the expectations that you grow frustrated with in relationship with him? It requires communication. Communication, honestly, is a huge in this story from Acts. First, God communicated and expressed his expectations of salvation for the Gentiles Absolutely changing salvation history. What if Peter hadn't listened? What if Peter, listen, hear this. What if Peter got in his theological box and said, that's just not how we do it here? What do we, just, we just don't do that in Judaism. That's not how we do salvation. We would, I mean, God would have found somebody else that would not have come through Peter. No, Peter was willing to listen But then I love this. This is the context of now relationship with other people. The context of calling to be a part of the body of Christ together. What does Peter do? Second thing we find is Peter has the job of communicating expectations to the church. Hey, this is what God has done. And the whole church shifted because in that, having heard God's expectations, he then shares it with those he's in relationship with. We have to be in relationship with people who challenge us, who press us, because sometimes we get blinded to our own expectations. We have to let people speak into those. We have to open up lines of communication. I must be Allowed to be honest with God, and I must allow God to be honest with me. We have to realize at all times, hear this, that God has his own expectations for us. There's a phrase we have to live by. God gives what we need, not necessarily what we ask for or expect. God gives what we need, not necessarily what what we ask for or expect. God is not defined by our expectations We are to be defined by his. And the third piece about expectations, and you see the whole whole story of chapter 11, expectations require surrender. Expectations require surrender. So often our expectations are, listen, so often our expectations are simply our way of trying to control the situation. It's a control issue. We're putting out there, well, this is what I expect of you. 
And so it's like a control because this because for me to feel satisfied, fulfilled and whole, you will do these things for me. It's a control issue. And so in this, I, I love, in fact, what I love in this in the story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane from Matthew sixteen thirty nine, you know, the story, right? Jesus has come into the garden. He's already in the process of being betrayed by Judas, who's gone to the guards. He's had this great moment. His three best buddies, Peter, James, and John, are hurting his feelings by falling asleep while he's asking to pray, and they're just sleeping. Like, his feelings literally got hurt in the moment. Like, can't you even pray with me for an hour, right? His feelings got hurt in the moment. He's literally in the moment. He, he looks to the future like, yes, Hebrews says, the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It doesn't say he enjoyed the cross, right? He knew it. He's like, man, it'd be awesome. Like, I know what's going to come because of it. Salvation and intimacy with God's people, right? But, man, the journey of getting there, I'm not looking forward. Like, it's just not fun to get beaten, right? Let's just be honest. Like, it's not fun to literally have your best friend Peter deny that he even knows you three times. There's nothing worse than in the process of dying, watch your mom mourn and wail in front of you. There's nothing pleasure about anything that's happening in the moment. So what does Jesus do? He names his desired expectation before the father says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Like, I love that. Jesus has already had the conversation with the father. They had a plan laid out. He's like, I know in his flesh, I know how hard this is going to be. So I want to come in open communication. I want to lay my desired expectation before you. Here's some lists of things that I'm just going to bring before you. But what does it say? It keeps on going. Yet not as, not as I will, but as you will. Not as I will, but as you will. He will surrender to the Father's will. Acts 11 is a picture of this surrender to God's best. In the context expectations that we have require our continual daily surrender of these things to God. In fact, when God doesn't move, listen, when God doesn't move the way we expect, we ask why. Not because we actually want the answer, but because we want to express our judgment that we would have done things differently. Isn't it? Why? Not because we want to know an answer. Usually it's because we just want to let God know that's not what pleases me. That's not my box. And I'm not okay with that. But the idea of surrender is not my will, but your will, Father. It's the expression of a beautiful relationship, a give and a take, and a, and a submission, honestly, that he is Lord, he knows best. You see, in the context of expectations, really hear this, what God wants to bring us to, is he wants to ultimately move us from expectations to expectancy. The idea for us is to surrender our expectations, our defined list of future outcomes, and allow this expectancy. Expectancy is the same, but it speaks to something in the future, yet it puts no limit. It's like saying, God, I'm looking, like the whales are coming up, God, but I'm doing this. My head's on a swivel. Where are they they coming up, right? Where are they coming up? Where are they coming up? I'm looking, God. I'm not just looking to the right. I'm looking here to the left, too, man. He's coming. These things are going to come up, right? There's this idea of, of, expect, of expectancy. I, I'm not going to define. I'm just going to trust. 
I'm going to surrender. God, you will. I thank you that I get to be a part of the relationship. I get to put out there these things, these things that I'm seeing, these things that I'm wondering about, I'm praying into. But ultimately, God, I'm surrendering myself to you with expectancy because, God, whatever you have in the context of this relationship, ultimately, God is best. So, God, I want to live in a place of expectancy. I want to surrender. I want to communicate. I want to hear. I want to listen. I want there to be no box and no limits. I want to relinquish control, ultimately, for the one who knows best. We say this, and we recognize this is really hard. I recognize the things we pray into. I recognize the expectations that have not been met that you think are really fair and accurate and good. I get all of those things. I understand that. But there comes a point that our expectations, I think you understand the idea, they literally damage us sometimes because we just can't move beyond them to let the wall down to see what God is actually doing. You see, because in the vacation analogy that I used earlier, what if I had just stayed in the place of my expectations not being met and never gotten up early with my kids, never gone to a place ultimately they could find something that they eat, and I'd never built a sandcastle or played in the water or gone to the pool with them because I just didn't fit my expectations of what a vacation looked like. I would have missed moments. I would have missed moments. I would have missed moments of riding on the bike down the, down the sidewalk. I'd miss the moments of going places that we could all eat and just laughing and having a great time. I would have missed those moments of waking up early and going to places just to eat breakfast while lazy Randall stayed in bed. I would have missed those. Why? Because I wouldn't have been open to the things that were available. And I'm just going to invite you into your own journey. I I mean, literally, this would be an individual message for every single one of you, so I can't speak directly. So you have to process with the Lord. And I would encourage you to process with others. God, where have I let my expectations actually hinder relationship? Where do I need to surrender so that I can all of a sudden see what you're doing out here? Because you're always moving. He's never not moving. He's never not speaking. He's always and forever moving in the context of our lives. And our expectancy, letting down the guard of expectations, allows us to begin to see a bigger picture. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your presence, Lord. As we come into worship, God, I just recognize, I mean, so many people are carrying so many different wounds and tensions and frustrations and lost hope and just questions and in the context of their expectations and things seemingly like, well, I was reading scripture and it said this and Jesus had done that and da 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 da. And I just, Lord, I have great compassion on those people, Lord, I, and even my own heart and those things that I still wrestle in, God, I. There's just great compassion. I know that you are a God of great compassion. God, as we speak those, and like I just have a, that picture I always have, God, of like a child coming and beating on their parents' chest because they're so frustrated, and the, and the parent just puts the arms around and says, okay, it's okay. I'm not going anywhere. But I pray you'd help people in this, that chest-beating moment, to be honest, God, about unmet expectations tensions and fears and lost hope, broken trust, Lord. 
I pray for those today, Jesus, uh, who if we're honest, we're just kind of going through the motions and they're not really engaging this morning. I just pray that this morning, God, you would surprise them with conviction. Not conviction of anger, but it's the conviction of what's true. That you're for them. You have plans for them. That you are real. That you're acting. That you're moving. That you're pursuing them. That you're not going anywhere. Father, we just invite you to speak from the very core of our being this morning and speak peace and hope and life. Friends in Jesus' name. So this morning, I was going to invite you into those places, those places of expectation. Just being honest. Think about your relationship with Jesus. And think about the relationship with people that are broken right now, whether it's your spouse or your children or maybe it's your, your parents. Maybe it's like the saddest thing for me is people are like, why are, you, why are you broken in that relationship? They're like, I don't really know. I just know it's there. Right? Well, let's surrender some things. Let's let God begin to speak life into these pieces. It'd be great. So you just respond to the Lord leads. So we'll have ministry teams. They're going to come forward and be on both sides. I'd just love to pray for you this morning. They're all people who have had expectations, have been broken over the years, and they've wrestled with it. They have great compassion and understanding. I watch people get prayed for in the first service, and they get a little bit of getting animated and talking about some of their stories at the front, right? Just kind of dealing with stuff. So just deal with stuff today, right? Communion's available every Sunday. Why do we take communion? Well, Scripture says, do this in remembrance of the work that I've done, right, of Jesus dying and, and being resurrected, his blood being poured out, right? But the idea is that we take it because we remember it's true and effective and real for us today. It's not just a memory. It's an active memory. It's something that he's doing today. So as we take it, as if God's grace and the Spirit just continues to flow, to continue to awaken us to the reality of his love for us. We have offering baskets for those of you. This is simply this, this is where we do our offering. In case you're wondering, this is an act of worship here or giving kiosk. Some people's like, I don't like coming forward and put it in that metal box back there. Be great. So we love you guys. I'll come back up here in a few minutes just to pray us out. So take a deep breath this morning and just allow God.